For the first time, gangsters in BC's Lower Mainland are turning to rap music to taunt their rivals online over bloody acts of violence. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Today, Vancouver Sun journalist Kim Boland speaks to my colleague Darm McQuana about her investigation. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. We'd love it if you'd leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. At work. Smoke on like a BK, that's CG. On a race, still smoke on your OG. On your OG. Trying to put a BK on TV. On TV. Now it tells little hoe come, don't meet. Nah. Now it tells little bro come link up. Little- the gangs involved in the latest conflict covering BC's Lower Mainland have been active for only a few years. What's just changed is that these gangs, particularly the Brothers Keepers and their enemies in the Kang group, are posting rap tracks online where they're attacking, insulting, and taunting their rivals. These taunts are graphic and in some cases celebrate extreme violence. One such song contains a 911 call from a penthouse suite where the dead body of Brothers Keepers founder, Gavinder Graywall, was found by his brother. Be advised, the recording is graphic and disturbing to hear. 550 Fern Street. Dang, dang, dang. Okay. In apartment 2502. 2502. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reporting a gunshot wound, deceased patient. Hi, okay, so what's happening? Uh, I to check up on my brother and then found out. that is what? Shot. He's been shot. Okay. Anybody else in the house apart from you? No. Okay, is there a gun there at all? No, there isn't. Okay, okay, is he cold or anything like that? Yeah, cold. What's your brother's name? I'm Darm Makwana, and I'm joined by award-winning Vancouver Sun investigative journalist Kim Bolin. Kim has uncovered this disturbing new trend that police are now investigating. Kim, can you describe the new way lower mainland gangs are calling one another out? We've had this gang conflict ramped up over the last two to three years where we've seen a lot of people murdered and a lot of shootings and there's been some very brazen public violence. Uh, Police have been very concerned about that. In some cases, we've seen people charged. But what we're just seeing now is that some people involved in this conflict are posting rap songs on the internet where they're calling out their rivals. They're insulting them. They're taunting them. They're saying things like, you know, we want to get them on the TV, meaning, of course, they want to kill them so that there's a murder investigation, which is covered on the TV. So the use of rap songs to insult and taunt rivals is a new development here in BC in our gang conflict. Are these BC gangsters taking cues from battles in other cities? It certainly looks that way. You know, I've talked to a number of experts at American universities who've covered, you know, the drill rap scene in Chicago, New York, other American cities, uh, as well as in London, England, and further afield. And they're saying that what we're now seeing in Vancouver sounds a lot like what has occurred in these other cities. And certainly, if you look at some of the lyrics in these songs, they're using uh, terms that originated in Chicago in the drill music scene, you know, more than a decade ago. And so I guess the big thing that we're trying to discern now is whether these rap songs will increase the amount of violence out there on the streets, 
or if they're just an expression of what is already happening anyway. But, you know, police here are concerned about it. You know, certainly there has been related violence in cities like Chicago and New York. Uh, So, you know, it's troubling and disturbing that it's happening here now. Maybe you can bring our listeners up to speed a little bit. What is drill music? As I understand it, you know, you have trap music where they're talking a lot about, you know, trap houses where drugs are manufactured, prepared for sale. Drill music relates more to the violent element, you know, murders and shootings related to rivalries between gangs. So that's kind of what we're seeing here now. But obviously, the songs that I've reviewed, you know, as part of an investigating, you know, this new phenomena, it you know, you, you, they're talking about the drug trade. They're talking about, you know, their, their marginalized upbringings. And they're also talking about, you know, going out and killing people and they're making fun of other gangs by names in the song. So it sure seems that what we're seeing now on the lower mainland has all the elements of what has occurred, you know, in the drill music scene in Chicago and in New York. What's the desired effect for these BC gangsters who are turning to music? The first desired effect is to, you know, taunt their rivals, I would assume, Uh, you know, because you could basically sing, you know, these same types of songs without calling out other gangs by name. You know, these are not gangs like, you know, internationally known. They're specific local groups. So if you're posting this on YouTube from BC, you know, you're trying to get them to see it. And you're trying to get others to to see the songs, listen to the songs and react, you know, hopefully mockingly, I, I suppose. And interestingly, one of the songs that has the 911 tape was posted December 21st. It already has more than 80,000 hits. There's a lot of comments, uh, you know, and clearly the people commenting are aware of the gang conflict and are on one side or the other in terms of supporting them. So... Uh, maybe they're also trying to make it big, uh, make money as rappers. You know, I suppose a lot of young people have that aspiration. But in the meantime, they clearly seem to be trying to call each other out, insult each other in a public forum. Are these gangs uh, using other mediums to market themselves? Are you going to see them on Snapchat? Are you going to see them on Instagram? Or is that just something that's entirely separate? They're not that sophisticated. No, they're on Instagram for sure. Uh, and some of them also post their songs on Instagram. They may well be on Snapchat. Uh, you know, it's hard to track them because sometimes they're using different names, you know, for posting their music and, and then they are for other social media elements that they might be involved in. But certainly under the rapper names, I've found lots of accounts on Instagram. And you can also document their associations because, you know, they're often following each other. And, um, you know, I have seen their videos uh, have been posted on Instagram as well. But SoundCloud is a preferred location for putting the songs up and YouTube, obviously, as well. Is there a chance these musical taunts can lead to violence on the streets? It's hard to say 100%. Certainly, police are concerned that they're elevating tensions 
Uh, but, you know, we have to remember that these guys have been shooting at each other for three years now, uh, maybe even longer in this current evolution of the Lower Mainland gang conflict. So the violence is there. It predates the songs. The experts that I've talked to uh, in other jurisdictions say that you can't really, for the most part, draw a direct line from a rap song taunting a rival gang and a shooting, you know, that occurs shortly afterwards. Uh, they're saying that, you know, because the tensions, the conflict often pre-exists, the song may be, you know, an indication or a reflection of that conflict, but it's probably not the thing that's going to lead to an immediate shooting or attack. However, those same experts have said that overall, gangs using social media to taunt each other sometimes does have that effect, that often the gangs will respond to, you know, uh, a negative uh, post about them by putting something else up online to retaliate. So you'll see this kind of online back and forth. Uh, and they said sometimes that suffices and things de-escalate. But in other instances, if some group is really piling it on, uh, against another group, you might see violence out on the streets eventually, right? So they are saying both things. Can you give some examples of taunts that we're hearing in BC from these BC gang-affiliated rappers? I've seen kind of both types of things. Like some of the songs start out as a tribute to someone who has been killed, like the leader of the Brothers Keepers, Govinder Graywall, who was murdered in December of 2017. So, you know, one of the songs is what a great G he was, how I'd do anything for him, including kill or be killed, right? So you see that kind of play on loyalty in some of the music, but they're also saying in the same types of songs that they will go and take revenge if necessary. So they are pledging violence in the name of their slain leader. And then you see songs that are kind of mocking, you know, the whole group or organization where they're like, oh, you're not a real G. You know, you used to be our friend and then you turned against us. And, you know, uh, we think you're ratting us out or you're talking too much on the phones. And that's, you know, led to our name being all over the place. So you know, there's this often coded language, like people that listen to a lot of rap will clearly understand what's, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, uh, but it is a bit challenging to figure it out if you're not someone that listens to rap all the time. But the message, uh, you know, that can be taken away is that they're blaming the other group for their problems with police and investigations. And therefore, you know, these other people deserve to be killed. There was a 911 tape used in one of these songs. Can you go over what happened? Well, I think first it's important to point out that, you know, how this call made it into a rap song attacking the Brothers Keepers gang is under police investigation. They're trying to get to the bottom of how that occurred. But this 911 call was made by the brother of Govinder Graywall uh, from the high-rise apartment that he went to to check on his brother's welfare in December of 2017. And it's very chilling because... Uh, you know, you hear him identifying himself, uh, saying that um, his brother's been shot, and the operator's asking him if, you know, there's a gun or anyone else in the apartment. He says, no, there isn't. Uh, then the operator says, is your brother cold? And he's like, yes, he's cold. And it's just really quite startling to hear this in the middle of a rap song. And then, you know, the call cuts out. 
and they have a gunshot sound blasting. So this is not someone that's feeling badly about the murder of Govinder Graywall. We believe that this uh, may have been disclosed in an unrelated gang case and that, you know, somehow this rapper got his hands on it. But uh, I think we'll learn more in the coming weeks as the Vancouver police investigate. Are these particular rappers gaining profile in BC and maybe uh, across Canada and internationally? Well, obviously, they have the potential through the internet to have their music heard Uh, not just locally, but internationally. However, I think so far this is very much a local conflict and that uh, the people that are listening to the songs are others with an interest in this conflict. I had people starting to send me links to some of the songs a few months ago. And I, you know, at first I wasn't really quite sure what it was about, didn't want to necessarily give a lot of attention, you know, to look like we maybe are promoting something that's advocating violence. Uh, but now we've seen, you know, at least one local rapper uh, murdered here. Um, I should clarify that. He's actually from Toronto, but he was out here and he was shot to death on December 23rd in South Surrey. I started sort of digging deeper into this and, you know, was fairly startled by some of the lyrics of the songs and the direct mention of local gangs that are literally warring on the streets right now. So is that lyrical bravado or reason that these people can be targeted? The better the rapper is, perhaps the more likely they are to draw the ire of their rivals. It's really hard to say, I think, at this point, you know, one of the rappers that I'm you know, have written about is now facing two first degree murder charges. So he's in custody and likely won't be rapping for a while. You know, others are still out there. Some of them have several tracks, you know, already on YouTube or on SoundCloud. So they appear to want to continue doing this, gaining profile potentially. Some are more talented than others. Uh, but it's it's hard to say what's going to happen going forward. Uh, they're not really high profile people aside from, you know, but they do have anywhere from, I'd say, 40,000 to 100,000, you know, views or listens to their songs at this point in time. How are police responding to this challenge? Well, I think police here haven't really had to deal with this so far, in a big way anyway. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people like rap music and have forever. And some of those people are also involved in the gang conflict. So, you know, we've seen situations mentioned in court cases over the years where people from the United Nations gang were being surveilled by police as they all went in a limousine to Little Wayne concert. And, you know, rivals from the Bacon Brother group were also at the same concert. So police were concerned that tensions might spill over. So you've always had, you know, some people involved in the gang world who, like many other people, like rap music, like the Canucks, and are at these events. And that can be a problem for police because they don't want public violence. However, You know, what we're seeing now is rap being used specifically, you know, to taunt people in a volatile gang conflict. So police are paying more attention to these songs. Uh, They're, you know, trying to determine when people are using pseudonyms uh, for their songs. uh, They're trying to determine who those people really are. If it's someone who is criminalized or involved in the criminal underworld, they want to know about it. They want to gather intelligence on it. You know, but I mean, so far... 
you know, aside from the 911 call where, you know, it wasn't released publicly and it perhaps is being used without proper authorization, uh, you know, it's not illegal to do rap and to post it on the internet. So, however, if there's a direct link between a violent act that occurs and someone who's incited violence or called for that act, you know, maybe you'll see an investigation into that rap song uh, in the future. Okay. Thanks, Kim. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to Darn McQuana and Kim Boland. More from them at VancouverSun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>